Hello and welcome to First Thoughts. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Carol Uge. And today we are discussing A24's latest future horror classic, Talk to Me. A terrifying uh, ghost, demonic movie, whatever it may be. Um, an Australian release and a creepy as hell, uh, very inventive horror film that puts a new spin on a tried and true uh, formula and has already made its money back and is uh, looking like a, a a big success for them. Uh, I'm I thought it was fantastic, creepy as as hell. <laughs> yeah i I had been hearing buzz about this for a while because I played at uh, one film festival was last year and Sunday. of course. Sundance, thank you. It played at Sundance, and of course, that's when it started with the. This is the scary. I think it was predominantly being called the scariest film since Hereditary. I think it's what I kept hearing from people. Um, Hate when people do that. Yeah, just like when Hereditary came out, it's the scariest. I hope when Exorcist Believer comes out, they say it's the scariest film since The Exorcist, because that would make me laugh. (laughs) Yeah, that would be that would be funny. That would be funny, even though Loki. Not really excited for that one. I I don't think it looks that amazing i just had um, an image of 2018's halloween like the trailer just saying like the scariest slasher since halloween <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah i guess probably hopefully sure. did this right. <laughs> we'll find out won't we <laughs> uh but uh you know that's when it starts so and what i was hearing from a lot of like reviewers like blaze disgusting and our people that i trusted was that this was even if you take away the hype trains, I I don't like that hype train at all. Like I don't I don't like listening to it. Um, I will I tend to fall more into falling more in love with the the most fucked up film, which is why I watch a lot of you know watching a lot of fucked up films, looking at the sadness. <laughs> but uh, I you know saying you know a lot of them were saying like no, this is really really good. This is a very good film. Um, you're you haven't seen something like this before. It takes demonic possession and gives it a new spin filing, which thank you finally you don't have to be the fucking exorcist every time um but when i saw this on opening uh for friday night i saw it friday night i was blown away i'm with you this i wasn't like for me it wasn't like i wasn't super creeped out but again i've been lifelong but was this a generally like unsettling film with a really good like you know story and characters that drew me in and just had me like just enjoying every second. Yeah, this film was fucking fantastic. It might easily be the best like original horror film we've got in the entire year. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I um, I, th- I th- there were a few moments where I was legitimately like I had my hands over my like you know at my face like fuck. Like there were a couple moments that really got that really got me. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about those. Um, I find mm-hmm. it interesting that this is yet another horror movie that's a metaphor for grief but it didn't bother you this time <laughs> look i am tired of this whole goddamn grief thing i am i think what made this one work was that the um and it, so for any, I, i'm i don't know if you're, you're I'm, if I'm taking your thunder here but for anyone who doesn't know, like this was made by the racker racker brothers or youtubers 
Um, they're not the only ones making horror films. There are a lot of uh, Chris uh, Struckman. Uh, he's a YouTube guy guy himself. Does a lot of uh, reviews. He's apparently making a horror film. Um, last I read, so there's watch out. As I know, you'll probably hear me say, bring it on, YouTubers. After seeing this film, they got fucking something to say much more than what we're seeing with some people in Hollywood. Um, but I they were on postmortem with Mick Garris before this film came out, and they also uh talked to me on the recent subscriber cover for Fangoria. Um, um, and it's actually the scene they have is when you see the brief glimpse of hell. We'll get into that, but it's like the brief glimpse of hell. That's the cover of it. I'll I'll show you when I have a chance. I should have grabbed it before recorded. Um, but they talked about it. They said the reason this film was like two hours long. Their original script for it. And what they did is that, you know, I think they're like brothers. He warned them hand and said, hey, read it. And he gave it back to him and said, it's too fucking slow. Take out some of the trauma parts. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it got whittled down because they made the, they said they're like, we don't want one overriding the other. They need to be in sync. It needs to be even. And for me, that's why it didn't bother me. Because it was like, okay, we do have this grief thing that I've seen a thousand fucking times and I'm sick of. But it's not overriding the horror. It's not, hey, it's mostly grief but horror elements, which I feel like A24 kind of fell into a rut with for years after Hereditary. It was, hey, yeah, it's a grief film. It's like, that's the, the you know, that's the um the commentary we're making. But it's not overtaking the scares and the actual, like, the fun part that, as a horror fan, you're getting into. Especially with, I know you said you saw a crowd yourself. I saw it with a crowd that you know could get into and enjoy those scenes and you know by because usually what happens if you have an override you get tapped out by the time it does get to the scare you don't give a shit you're like i don't care i'm bored already oh i know i have been down that road with a24 a lot to the point where i'm sure y'all are sick of hearing about it every time i go see one of their movies it's either some incomprehensible auteur shit that is way over my head or it's a drama that lied to me about being a horror movie. Yeah. Thankfully, sometimes you get the sweet spot with a hereditary or a, the witch or a talk to me. Mm-hmm. I'm very glad this wasn't me walking away being like, God damn it again. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was right. Cause I was trepidatious for, I was like, am I going to be tricked? But when I heard them say that in that interview, like, Hey, it's slow. Take out some of this shit. I'm like, okay, we have guys that are like, yes, we want to give you a gripping story with characters and stuff like that, but we also want to scare this shit out of you when we have the chance. Sweet. And apparently their YouTube channel, from what I understand, is actually a horror-based YouTube channel. Um, Not like what you see in this. Apparently they go a lot more gory with it, and I guess they have had controversy because of that with YouTube censorship, um, of course. Um, But you know, so it's not like these are guys that are just like, oh, we do YouTube, let's make a movie. No, they love horror films, apparently, themselves. They just had a different outlet to express it, and it finally, they were able to get it out through this now. They were able to make the switch. Well, I um, I saw this at the mm-hmm. Alma Draft House on Slaughter Lane in Austin, my new draft house that I've been there like 10 times in the past two months. And uh, their pre-show was... The entire, these guys have vlogged the entire journey of the film. So like everything from like the screenwriting process to getting into Sundance, to going to Sundance, to getting feedback, to everything, to getting sold by uh, to A24. So I got to see these guys' entire journey 
from page to screen and their YouTube stuff and just see how committed these dudes were to making something creepy and scary and memorable. And I was just impressed the whole time. That's when I started, like when I went to the theater, I was thinking like, I really hope this doesn't suck. But then I saw that and I'm like, this is going to be something. These guys care. Mm -hmm. These guys wanted to make something awesome. And yeah, I just, I'm glad they did that. Cause I'm, I'm glad I got to see, you don't, you don't really get to see that side of Hollywood, that side of the, the filmmaking process where it's just some guys hoping they did something well. Yeah. And then getting feedback from people like Stephen King, who are like, you know, horror icons these guys probably worship telling them like dude way to go i mean that's got to be the most incredible feeling oh absolutely and they even said when this got sold that was incredible because apparently they said that they made the comment um and this is all from the interview if anyone wants to check out postmortem with mick garris he interviews uh industry people um they made the comment that when they were selling the script originally they got denied constantly by the bigger studios there's Boom, 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 denied. They did get picked up. They actually did get picked up. I forget who the studio was. I don't know if they mentioned it or not. And they uh, started to work on it, but they said all the notes they were getting back got to a point where they're like, our original vision, this isn't what we're not, our heart's not in this. It's taking away what we want to do with this. And they walked away. Ah, uh, that did come up in the vlogs. Um, I, they had a meeting with Atomic Monster, but I don't know if that's the studio who told them to change it. But I know like they, that came up in A24 told them like, we love it as is don't, don't do anything. Yeah. And that's, that was a match made in heaven. Yeah. And that's where I was. Yeah. That's actually what I was leading to. They, they were so happy in the interview when they said like, they got the phone call saying, Hey, A24 likes your script and wants to meet with you. And they were like, dude, we were prepared to have to sell them on this. A24 was selling why they should make the movie. <laughs> they were like, it was so like, we're hat. They were like, we're so happy, but this is so weird. Like, they're trying to sell us to hire us right now on our like why they're the best studio for this. And it's like, I can't imagine how the most felt being you being sold by a studio. Like, no, we want you to work for us. And you know, we don't want to change anything. Um, so yeah, and that's actually one of the reasons they decided to film it in Australia, other than they're Australian, other than that. But also because since we're having so many issues with these American studios and their notes and them just not getting it. Because in their words, the notes basically would have made it into a generic. You've seen this before, like it. Because they even said that they're like all it was was notes going like this worked in this film, so do this. This worked in this film, so do that. And they're like, no, um, you know. And so yeah, they said fuck it. And then once they twenty four grabbed them, they went, we're doing it independent with them. We're going to Australia. We're filming it there. And even and then some studios apparently like you can't do that. No one wants to see an Australian from They're like yeah, they will. Isn't it? Isn't it weird that we are witnessing in real time the death of Hollywood? Yeah. Like, the producers, you know, have been interfering with that shit for decades. And now, finally, there's a way to tell them to fuck off and do it yourself. It's great. And it always works out better when you just let the guys who are making this movie make their fucking movie. Yeah, because it's amazing what happens when you sit there and instead of having any heart, you just look at your numbers and go like, people liked it in that movie, so do it with this movie. Yeah. Well, no, people liked it in that movie because the person, the director and the writers who did it in that movie had the heart when they did it in that movie. You're just looking at it going, well, it works, so we got, if we do it, here, it'll work, right? Insidious made money, just make Insidious. Yeah, like John Wick, like, when all the clones came out, like, oh, well, it worked for John Wick. Well, yeah, because their heart was into it. Just because you do a carving copy does not mean it'll be a fucking success. If you didn't get most shit. of the time, it's it's a failure. 
because people are like, that was just ripping off John Wick. Like, we're not stupid. We can tell when you're fucking with us. Yeah, and I'm sure that was more the notes they had for that movie. I'm sure the studio was like, could you explain all these things more? Because I think they talked about that where, like, they thought about explaining the hand. They're like, no, essentially, trust. They had this idea of, like, well, we'll just trust the audience to, if we give them enough information, they can figure it out. And I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> At no point was I lost or confused in this movie. I went, and actually, I like that in the once we talk more about the film, I, you know, I don't want to get too into it now because I know we'll talk about it here soon. But I like that the hand got like almost little to no explanation. Like there was not a concrete like this is what this thing is. Just like this is what we've heard. This urban legend. Well, I love the the scary idea of like, oh, a friend of a friend of a friend found this thing and I got a hold of it. And who knows where this demon hand from hell came from? Like it's, you know, I mean, if you're familiar with, you know, witch lore or anything, I I, I think this is a hand of glory, but I, I don't know for sure. I'm not but, sure. I would have to look that up, but I'm not sure. But it's definitely, you know, powerful. I love that these kids were just using it to like, you know, for like a party game. I mean, it's very reflective. I, I, to me, I like to, this is very reflective of how youth is. And again, that's more, again, as, as, as far as I am of grief metaphors, they made it work in this one. They said, Hey, the grief metaphor was his hand. What do we do as human beings when we are in grief? We find some kind of vice, some addiction. Usually, you know, you fall into some, unfortunately, some people fall into things like drinking and drugs. In this case, she's fallen into this game of talking to dead people. And the best part is it's also uh, talking about how youth doesn't give a shit about consequences, right? Because you're young. You don't give a fuck. There's no, like, a normal dog be like, dude, don't fuck with that hand. Like, don't, that's not a good thing to fuck with. Youth, it's a fucking game. Yeah. It's something to pull out during the party and have a good laugh and record it and be like, ha, ha, ha. I love that. I love that there's these youths who have stumbled onto actual proof of life after death and they're just filming it for fucking TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, it's this inventive new thing. Like, you know, the concept is, you know, it's new. It's It's different. And people responded to that. Uh, and, you know, the Australian thing, I know it's weird, but in America, if there's a foreign accent of any kind, suddenly it's mysterious and out there and, you know, it wouldn't happen here. This is like a snapshot of some crazy other place, even if it's like, you know, Australia or England or something. We're, we're, we do that. Yeah, exactly. And look, the only thing I'll say about this is this, like, the only thing I'll say about this, like, be open to international. I know I said for be open to international cinema. There's so much other, so many other more great films besides American-made films. The only thing that does kind of suck sometimes is admittedly, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that had this issue. Occasionally, it is hard to understand uh, what they were saying in this movie because of the accents. Um, could be a bit like at certain points, but but not like I wasn't the whole movie just lost. Like it was like occasionally when characters were like talking over one another, I'd be like, "What the fuck you just say?" Yeah. The Australian accent when you're you're talking fast is a, is a bit hard to decipher. But you know what? So is like you know, like a like a Mississippi accent. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't deter me from the movie. No, it was you know you could follow this like with context clues. I'm sure when I get the Blu-ray and I can watch this with subtitles, I'll I'll find some some new stuff I liked about it. Uh, I just get a mate a lot in the subtitles. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, with that, let's uh let's get into the movie proper. So this thing opens with uh 
and out of nowhere, violent fucking death. Dude. <laughs> I do like how based off what I was I, I was told about their YouTube content, right? And what I'm aware of with their YouTube content. And the fact that they said don't expect that in this film, like this is a much different film. The found they found ways to still do stuff with from what I'm what I understand what they do with their content. And some of these kills are fucking graphic. Holy shit. Well, I love that the opening guy is like just looking for his brother, and then his brother like stabs him and then kills himself brutally. And then later you see the guy. And you think, you know, typically, you know, in horror fashion, like, oh, this guy's going to be the guy who has the key to the hand and he's going to be able to fix everything. No, he's like, why'd you fucking do that, Mike? Like, you shouldn't you shouldn't have fucked around with that. And then just we never see the guy again. Yeah, he's just I like, love no, it. it's not my problem. Yeah, I love for once. It's not going to be the exposition of American. I'm sure an American note said on there to be. And they went, no, he's going to tell him to fuck off and get it and then leave. Uh-huh. You, hire, you hire Chris Hemsworth and you have him explain what this is and where this is going to go and then pop up at the inventory to get out, but it's much too late. (laughs) (laughs) But No, I I really liked this opening was great. I was hooked immediately from like the one shot tracking. I noticed they were doing like the camera never really broke away. Just followed him the whole time looking for his brother. (laughs) I love him just asking random people like, Hey, have you seen, I think his name was Duckett or something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Duckett. And it was like, it's a party. So everyone's like, I don't fucking even know who that is. Probably was probably asking for the one you invited to begin with. Um, and then I love when he's like trying to break down the door. He's like, Don't break down the fucking door. My mom's gonna get pissed. I love the cinematography. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's very thought out. Like you can tell yeah. that they, they constructed every bit of this film. Sometimes and sound design. So what I like about that scene, it's not the only time it is. You hear, if you pay attention, you hear the knife getting pulled in the background. You do not see it. You don't know, you just hear the as a knife scan poured out of the, I'm sure like a knife holder or something. Um, and then the next thing you know, that's when they, you hear like the crowd go, Oh shit, he has a knife. And then that's when you turn on all of a sudden, boom, it stabs. Like the sound design is some of the best I've witnessed. And again, doing what I wish, like trying things out different with it than like when I went to go see Insidious. And it's the same sound design American films, horror films I've used for decades. Stop the music. Okay, ramp it up, ramp it up, ramp it up, boom! You know, like, okay, wow, cool, woo! This, like, that that was a much more effective scare scene right off the bat. Because, you, like I said, you just have the moment where he breaks away, again, because it's all one shot. He breaks away to be like, why are you taking the fucking pictures? You you know, you you fuckers. And you just hear the you hear the knife sound. You hear someone in the audience be like, oh shit, or, you know, someone in the crowd in the, say, oh shit, he has a knife. And then that's when it fucking comes into V for you. There's no actual music. It just happens. And you're like, oh, shit. It is. Yeah, it's a great setup. I love the um, Australian rap music they use throughout. Like, that was some, some good fucking beats. I was into that. Yeah, there was um, some good beats there. A good thing it wasn't Die Orange for them. I'm glad. I know that's South African, but still. Yeah, it seems like that's I what you hear all the time in these movies. I hate them so much. <laughs> I think they broke up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't care. Um, it's interesting you bring up the idea that like American, especially American, like big budget, big studio horror, all follow the same beat because it is some producer who's like, you know, worked in Insidious, so do it again. And I just think like, you know, like, for example, do you think the Beatles would have become as big as they were if they just kept making I Want to Hold Your Hand? No. Like, they experimented. They tried shit. They became 
known for experimenting and doing unique one-of-a-kind shit that no other band could do. That's how they became the Beatles. Well, and that's why that's and then that's why you have the debates with people about like, do they do you like early Beatles more? Do you like later Beatles more? You have those debates with the fans. You have people that if they're getting people into the Beatles, they'll show them the early stuff first, but like, no, listen to this first. You don't listen to later stuff yet. You know, like you have that kind of intricate talk with a band that dominated a decade because yeah, they tried something different. They tried, they kept messing with their sounds, whereas you have so many other things that just fade because they keep doing the same fucking thing. Yeah, you got to, you know, you when you're when you have an audience who have come to expect certain shit from your movie, especially in horror. You see this in comedy too, but more more often in horror. Mm-hmm. You need to subvert expectations while also still maintaining some semblance of what got people interested in the first place. And it is possible to do that. It's just fucking rare now. Like Evil Dead did that shit all the time. Evil Dead kept reinventing itself, making something that felt familiar but was still new and freaky and did not and did not end up the way you expected. Yeah, and it still does it. If you look at the remake and even Evil Dead Rise, yeah, Evil Dead Rise, not too far off of the remake, but there were still changes in Rise. I mean, you go like, okay, this is what makes it different. Yeah, exactly. Scream's been doing that lately really well. Yeah. Uh Whereas I feel like you know Insidious and the Conjuring movies are pretty much at kind of a kind of a a rut because they're just rehashing the same shit every single time. The point where like five minutes in, you can tell exactly what where the scares are going to be, who's going to end up where. Like it's not even fun anymore. Yeah, and you know I know we'll talk about this more on our next when we record it. But look at the fact that this thing, and again, taking budget out of the equation, I understand this movie has a higher, the movie I'm about to mention has a higher budget than Talk to Me. But look at the response when it comes to like Han Mansion. That's a movie that, look, a little spo- spoiler for when we record that, I liked it mostly, but it wasn't anything new or ex- exciting or different. Like there was the same type of movie I expect out of a fucking Disney live action film. Th- and because of it, it didn't sit with me as long. And because of it, there wasn't as much of a crowd. Like I said, talk to me. I saw big crowd. My theater was almost packed, fully packed, almost. And again, it's doing things different. And that opening scene alone, like we mentioned, from the whole, from the entire tracking shot to that, how they executed that one scare. And that's not the only time they have so many cool, inventive ways they execute all the air scares in this film. That immediately made me go like, as soon as that opening sequence happened, this man went, okay, this is going to be something special. I'm. That's why I went like, I can't, I think I'm in for a really good film here. This is going to be something special, and I can't wait to see what unfolds for the rest of it. And I feel like the audience felt the same way. Here's a good way for that I kind of judge the difference between these two movies. So I saw Haunted Mansion earlier today, and uh, I had no problem taking a bathroom break. Because I'm like, I'm probably not going to miss anything. I did not do that for Talk to Me. I didn't want to yeah. miss a second. I wanted I wanted to be I wanted to know exactly what was happening. I didn't want to miss anything that could be promising. I want I was invested. Yeah. I had a point in Haunted Mansion where I was like, is this film going to end? Never thought that and talk to me. When you have that thought, when you're like just looking, you know, you feel your phone vibrate and you take a sneak, like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, this isn't working out. <laughs> yeah. As I did, even though I'd still excited, I liked it mostly. I mean, I was like, okay, they're really prolonging this movie. Was talk to me, and at one point I did have. I was like, I have to go, but I'm not getting up. I'm fucking sitting in this seat, finishing this movie. <laughs> um. All right. So after we meet uh, 
Duckett and Cole Duckett. That is such an Australian. That's an Australian name if there ever was one. But his last name is like Taylor or Dundee. Anyway. <laughs> right before he stabbed himself, it should have been like, that's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. Like we were gonna dude, talk that, about that Australian kid. movie without coming up without this coming up. Come on. Right, dude. That fucking I thought he was gonna slit his throat again, subverting even something as minor as that, subverting expectations. I thought, oh, he's gonna slit his throat. That was what my head said when I saw him go boom. I was like, fuck. Didn't think he was gonna do that. Fucking force you have to do to shove a knife through your fucking skull. Yeah. <laughs> my god. <laughs> Shit. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, okay. So we meet uh, Mia, Jade, and Riley, friend, lifelong friends, just hanging out. Uh, Mia and Jade have a. There's a boy. Uh, I believe his name was Daniel. Daniel, yeah. And he's just, you know, Jesus man, just this like super, you know, he's he's as white bread as you can get. Yeah. Hasn't even kissed Jade yet. But she, he, he once held hands with Mia, and there's this like they're both in love with him. And yeah, he just wants to be he just wants to be friends with everybody. <laughs> He's a good guy in a very weird situation. Yeah, Mia, I think is like taking this a little hard, like a little too far. Like, hey, we know we held hands once, so you were my boyfriend. And he's like, I don't know if that's how it works, Mia. Yeah. But he's trying really hard not to say that. Mia had moments that we'll get into, especially when we get into what I think is like the key, the big like the the turning point scene. I, I'm sure you know what I'm hinting at. I don't want to talk about it just yet until we get to it. But like had some moments where I'm like, Mia, you're being an asshole. Stop it. You're dumb right now. I like her as a character of ours. She was a great and look, Sophia Wild, I believe is the, the or Sophie Wild. Um yes, Sophie Wild. Sophie Wild, fucking phenomenal in this. Again, this will be one of those cases because it's a horror film. She won't get fucking nominated. But she was goddamn great in this movie. But yeah, she had some moments where I was like, Mia, what are you doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, she's it's been a couple years since her mom hmm. had an accident or suicided. It's kind of vague over how like what happened there. I it was it was it was an I I I got the idea it was a suicide that the note was real because the ghosts were fucking with her. But didn't it come up that like there were claw marks on the door, like she was trying to get out? Or it could have been like she was had doubts because you remember she ingested a bunch of sleeping pills. Those things make you weak. That's, yeah, they're sleeping pills. They're meant to put your ass to sleep, so you're not going to be able to do a whole lot. I guess it was just like it was the ghost, the ghostly suicide note that had me thinking like, oh, are they, are they fucking with her? Did they? Did no, they no, no. Really... The suicide note was real. That was like when he, the dad reads it to her. That was real. The ghosts were trying to fuck with her to oh. say like, no, he's lying. He did it. And I was like, no, the ghosts are fucking with you, dude. That's okay. not real. All right. I got you. Okay. So mom killed herself and Mia's yeah. in denial. There we go. Yeah. Um, She's not really talking with her dad they have a rough relationship for max and uh she hangs out more with jade's family and uh they go to a party hosted by Haley and joss these two knuckleheads our modern jay and silent bob over here and uh they break out the ultimate party favor this freaky looking hand with graffiti all over it and they're like trust me this is awesome and it reminded me of hereditary a bit where mom's like hey bring your underage brother to the party just cuz right 
Like, why does that keep happening in horror movies? It's never I don't know. A good I mean, look, Miranda Otto, I was like so on and off if she's a good parent or not because she was like unreasonably tough at times. When, but I didn't get, I did laugh and she's like, You want to sneak out? That's the only reason you asked me why I'm going to bed. And she's like, Have a good night. Take your brother with you. Yeah. Lock the door on your way out. Yeah. <laughs> when she does walk in on, on uh, Jade and Daniel and she's like, Hey, my daughter's vagina off limits. Yeah. Like, oh, that gave me a good laugh. Mom, what are you doing? <laughs> I like when he when he's like, hey, is Shade here? He she just shuts the door on him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So they break out this this hand. And the game is you light a candle, you hold the hand, and you tell it, talk to me. And at that point, you will see a ghost over there across from you, and that'll freak you out. Then you say, I let you in, and you invite this thing to possess you, and apparently you're not supposed to do it for longer than 90 seconds, or it's not going away. Yeah, and you have to blow out the candle after. You have to pull the hand off. Yep. And then blow out the candle to close the door. Yeah, which is some heinous, scary shit I would never fuck with. You don't mess with the forces of darkness. Like I wouldn't be, how high you are. You don't do that shit. I I want myself. But what's crazy is watching this. I was like, not only is it again, again, uh, like I was saying earlier, like great social commentary on just how youth are with things like this, yeah. and obviously and the grief metaphor and stuff. But honestly, I'm gonna say it as you know, we've all we've all been teenagers once. I won't do it, but this is highly believable. I could absolutely see at a teenage party something like this happening. I mean, yeah, to an extent, I feel like most teenagers just bring booze and Molly and get fucked up. I don't feel like there's they, a lot of seances do. going on. No, they do, but I could see if there was like a game like this that's talked to me, it would be something that get pulled out, whether it be high schoolers or college students. It would be like a group of people being like, we have to try this out because that's just how humans are. Yeah, that's true. Our curiosity gets the better of us. Uh, but yeah, so Mia tries it. She's a ghost and she's like, fuck. And then she tries it again, lets it in. And she has this like very Evil Dead-esque possession sequence, which was really creepy as hell. I oh, enjoyed that. She was, again, I, God, I can, so good in this movie. Um, When she was doing the thing where she like looked and she was like, and when she looked at Riley and like pointed, I was like, he's behind you. And I was like, what the fuck? I got like, even I was like, oh shit, that's creepy. <laughs> and then she just kept going, run, 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 run. I was like, when they had to like, when they were like, like impossibly trying to pull the hand off of her. I was like, ah. I was, no, and like, then they're all like, "Woo, that was awesome!" <laughs> I was like teenagers, teenagers, man. They're like, "Okay, we survived that. We can move on." I like that they actually looked like teenagers. Like they looked like they were like sophomore juniors in high school. They didn't. These weren't like forty-year-old people pretending to be teenagers. Rip roaring abs. <laughs> yeah, Daniel was not. You know, he wasn't Skeet Ulrich. Like this was. He looked like a teen, like a teenage abstinence, you know, family force five kind of kid. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, this was, yeah, no, this was a great fucking scene. Like when she, when that happened, I was like, "Damn, dude!" Like, oh, that's so good. And yeah, that's that that run that she just kept repeating with the run, run, run. I was like, oh, um, and then that freaks out Riley, who's like, you know. 12, 13. And mm-hmm. uh, later on that night, he tries to be like, you know, hey, I love when he's trying not to tell his sister, like, I'm scared. Can I sleep in your room? 
And he's just like, whatever, you know, like, I mean, I'm up, you're up. Do you want to like hang out? And she's like, fuck off. Yeah. I like she's how like, she knows that she's holding a pillow and blanket. So she's like, nah. I didn't like when he hits her with the pillow earlier because she didn't <laughs> pick him up. I liked when um when he like walks out and she's like, shut the door. And he keeps walking down the hallway. She's like, shut the fucking door. <laughs> and then you just hear her like angrily slam her own door. Yeah. Like as, as Riley's walking away. That made me laugh. Oh, yeah. I was like, God. Talk about siblings. I did ah. like when, yeah. And then like when he gets in the bed with uh, Sophie, because she takes him and you can tell there's like a, he almost views her as like a secondary sister. Um, that's how close they are. Um, dude, that scene. When he's like watching YouTube videos, it's revealed he's asleep, and you think Mia's the one taking his shit off him. And all of a sudden, that fucking hand comes out and like touches his face. Oh god! Oh, they wanted him. He was yeah, he was ripe. So they decide to have another party. Yeah, they yeah they were after his his ass. They were not physically, but like spiritually. Yeah, they this was all about him. Well, you said that he was ripe. Jesus. Ripe ripe for the picking. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's the best way to describe that. Yeah. And again, what I I like about that scene, other than like the jump scares they would do when they would see the ghost, what I like is like, uh, and we'll get to in a minute, you only saw the ghost that Mia saw. I love that they did that. You did not see it every single time. Just what she was seeing. Um, I like how, again, that scene when the hand comes out, again, if this was an American production, the hand wouldn't have been slow. It was just fucking shot out, and then I'm in a big fucking sting, and you're and you know and and oh, and the cheap, I no music. The hand just comes. It, the scene lets you as the audience get legitimately creeped out. Less is more. Subtlety is always scarier than just you know throwing something at you. Whenever you could like. It's not enough to, you know, jump. You have to be scared. And that's a gradual process. It's not going to happen at, all at once. It's a build, It's building up of several, of a lot of different moments where you just feel uneasy. You know something bad's going to happen. You don't know when the other shoe's going to drop. And when it does, you have that reaction and it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And not enough horror movies do that anymore. No. And actually, it's funny because there was a hand scene in Insidious Red Door, the recent one. Where you see it in the trailer where he's like doing the trying and the hand comes out. And sure enough, it's exactly how you describe. He's doing the trying. The music's picking up. And you're like, oh, this is a tense scene. Something's going to happen. And all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, hand just real quick. Trumps and grabs his arm. And the music stings. And yeah, I jumped because it was fucking loud. Like, even I was like, Jesus Christ, turn the shit down. Um, But I wasn't like legitimately scared. You know what I mean? I jumped because of the noise. Not because I was like, oh, God. I was like, oh. If you're scared by something and if somebody screams in your fucking ear, you're going to have the same reaction. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> again, and watching this, like you talk about, it's a, a moment that got built up, right? The, to, you know, again, how the, again, it's just flawless execution. It starts when it cuts the house at night and it's raining. And you have that one moment when he's walking the hall and he turns around because he hears something. So you are primed to me, like, oh shit, something's going to happen. Like he, he hears something. I heard it. You know, the audience around me is like getting into the scene that, you know, to the point that we get to that whole scene with his sister and then he goes downstairs, he has to talk with Mia. And again, that hand, no music, it just comes into frame. And then you, because you quickly realize, oh shit, that's the hand taking the shit off his, his AirPod and his phone out. And it's now touching him because they did that. So no music, guess what? I still got the same. I was so creeped out. 
the audience had the same reaction. I, the whole audience was, you could hear a crowd of people going, no, 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 no. Like, people were responding because they were creeped out, not because it was a huge fucking sting to tell them, now you need to be scared. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's And it doesn't tell you any of that either. It all relies on you paying attention and noticing little moments and putting them together yourself. And I really respect that. Yes. Too many movies, especially blockbusters, are just spoon-fed to us like, you know, fucking... Like we're the Gerber baby. It's so frustrating. Oh, it's annoying. Like today, Haunted Mansion. There's so many of like, we got to do this because this is what will happen if we do that. It's like, just show us. We know that. Just do yeah. it. Just do it. I know. That can shave up some of this runtime, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but more on that on our next first thoughts. Yeah. Um, so they decide to have another another seance because uh, it's just like crack. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have, you know, they, everybody has a has a ride. Daniel uh, makes out with the dog. <laughs> Dude, it, my audience was losing it when this scene happened. Because it took me a minute to realize, what's going on? And I was like, oh, this is an aggressively horny spirit. And yeah, when the dog was like, oh, God. Uh-huh. When, what I love about this is this is like, they, they don't make this scary. They make it so playful. It's like. The kids are having fun right now, right? You even got them recording and laughing about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, because it's not going to be, you know, not every spirit is malevolent. Some of them are just horny or, you know, stupid. Like, yeah. like people, you know, not everyone who dies is evil. Some people who die are just fucking morons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Sorry. they all have a, they go, they all go through it and they're all like, Ooh, this is great. And mm. Riley wants to do it. And Jade's like, absolutely not. You're a child. And Riley's like, why are you such a bitch? Oh, yeah. I was like, shit. But this is why I disagree. This is what I'm talking about, where this was a moment where I was like, Mia, stop. Shut the fuck up. You're wrong. The moment she's like, oh, just let him have a shot. I'm like, Mia, no. I was like, you guys shouldn't already be messing with it. Like, don't encourage the, the even younger kid to mess with it. Yeah, but I don't blame her for what happened. Because ultimately, like, She's not his mom. She's not, she doesn't have, you know, she doesn't tell him what to do. Everyone there could have stopped this. Oh, Jane yeah. When, they, when 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 they said it's 50 seconds and she's like, no, I'm like, no, bitch. I would have gotten him and be like, hey, we agreed and pull that fucking hand off. Ah, yeah. I mean, I granted wouldn't, I wouldn't be in this situation anyway, but I also, if I was in it, I would really actively be trying to stop a child from communicating with the dead. Yeah. Like I said, I don't, I see your point, but to me, like she one, she shouldn't have encouraged him after her sister. She backed the sister up, and two, when they had that moment when he says, "Hey, the fifty seconds is up," instead of being like, "No, it's my mom," you talk to her like, "No, we had an agreement. Pull it off." Well, in that moment, she's thinking emotionally. It's her mom. She's not thinking like, "Oh, time's up." So I get that. I also think a lot of the blame falls on Jade for just walking away, thinking that oh, "Oh, nothing bad will happen now. Like. It's your brother. It's your job. It's your responsibility to make sure nothing happens to him. And when there's dead people fucking with everybody, maybe stay in the room until everyone leaves. Yeah, until the hand's not in the house anymore. Yeah. Uh, but that scene, man, oh my god, it comes yeah. out of fucking nowhere. Dude. It's... It... <laughs> First up, Mia's mom, uh, Ray, or Rhea, uh, possesses Riley and very sad and says, you know, sorry, I killed myself. I hope you're doing good. To paraphrase. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you think that really was her mom, or this was all fuckery? I think it was all fuckery. Mm-hmm. I think, hey, yeah, I think it was something taken on the appearance of her mom. Ugh. That's why you don't fuck around with this stuff. You're never going to get the spirit you want to talk to. You're going to get some nightmare who knows what you want and tries to convince you to let it in. Always. Yeah. It's never grandma. It's always some freaking demon wearing grandma. Yeah. Even, even like, you know, I, you know, I, I first, I'm first, you know, I believe I'm a, I, I am a believer in the paranormal. Even the real life stories I've heard of people like fucking usual boards, things like that. Like they have the same stories where like something bad tells them, Oh yeah, it's this deceased loved one that you wanted to talk to. And next thing you know, no, it's not. It's something that knew that and did that to get the fuck in. See, I don't, I, I nearly bought a Ouija board at a flea market. How dare you? Almost. I was this close. The lady wouldn't take 10. She wanted 20. That lady's greed saved my life. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> um, but yeah, it. so this thing possesses me, uh, possesses Riley, and it's like, hey, Mia, it's your mother. And it's you. it used, the, actually, you know, it makes sense. It used that to get past the time limit. Yeah. And once it has, once the time's up and it's, it's got Riley, it beats the hell out of him <laughs> so aggressively, so horribly, oh. breaks his fucking face. And take it, trying to take his eye out. Oh my God. Dude. Oh, and do the sound effects are in this scene. Holy shit. We're awesome. But just oh. the bang, the crunch of his bones breaking. Oh. And then Jade just like reaches out and like stops that last one that would have killed him. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh, dude, when that thing you see the chair just fly back into the damn window, and he just starts banging him against that thing, I was like, "Oh my god!" And yeah, her hand gets there just in time. Holy shit! This was a scene. Like this was a. I was taken aback with. This. I was like, "Holy fuck!" That's how you do a scene. That's how you hooked me in right there. My god! And then they go to the hospital. Jade has to call mom and say that uh. Party's over. Yeah. And, uh, why oh, the dude, hell dude. do you explain that to the cops, to the hospital, to mom? Like, yeah, there's no drugs in his system. He just, like, on camera, flipped the fuck out and tried to kill himself in the most horrific, aggressive way. Dude, and I don't know, I don't know about your audience. My audience had a whole reaction to this scene. Like, people were vocal during this scene. Uh, I didn't, there weren't people are at the draft house. People really do respect the shut the fuck up rule, which I do like, but mm-hmm. there wasn't any, any reaction to that it was more just like absolute stillness. Like everyone was just freaked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's at the summer. And I, I usually, and I don't mind it when it's like the scene dictates it, but I had a nice rowdy audience, um, which actually for the most part, like for this scene, helped it even more work the scene's already great but it worked even more because people were like literally i heard somebody like what the fuck and holy holy shit dude like everyone's just losing their mind the moment like especially when you're trying to take his eyeball and people are just being like no don't and like dude, when the, they go yeah. to the hospital and you see his like wound like what you know the aftermath and like he's got one eye just like you know bloodshot red the other one is completely swollen up and he just yeah. looks dead Oh my god! And then everybody just throws it onto Mia. I know, yeah, she is mostly to blame, but just seeing them be like erase an entire lifetime of familial love and just say "fuck Mm. you," you almost killed my real child. Stay out of our lives. Ouch! It it hurts, but at the same time, you you understand where they're coming from. Like 
you get you get especially the mom you understand like yes it's a lot but you understand because she's away and gets told like hey your son is like near death because of whatever the fuck was going on at your house while you were gone here's the thing though jade knows what happened she knows the dead got into him and caused this mom just automatically assumes mia got her son fucked up on something yeah and that's 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 not nice that part's fucked up i get like a lot of like the mom getting me angry and because I mean, that, no parent wants that fucking phone call. No, yeah, your your kid got possessed by demons and beat the shit out of himself. Yeah, that's a bad, that's a rough call. Yeah, yeah well, minus the demons part. <laughs> I know, I know what you meant, but I'm just picturing like that exact phone call. That's what I would say. So check this out. You are <laughs> not, not going to believe what happened tonight. <laughs> I don't believe what? Oh my god! Uh, did you catch? Because I remember in in this, and I love this about the film. If you pay attention, the scene when Mia's walking away after like he beats himself, because you know the more they say it, you have to blow out the candle to close the door. If you pay attention in the background, the candle is still lit because understandably they're worried about him. Well, I'm glad that they didn't linger on a lit candle. I love that they just left that because I am thinking the whole time like, did someone blow out that candle? Like yeah, I was, I was thinking I was, that whole time. Yeah, the whole time. So, and again, American film or American film would be like, we need a lingering shot at the candle to make sure they know the candle was still lit. And it's like, no, we don't. All you had to do was that scene, like I said, where she's walking. And if you look behind you, the candle is there, still lit. It's there. It's in the shot still. But the scene is still mostly, it's there for you to go, oh, shit, they didn't blow it out. But at the same time, you get it because if you're in that moment, if you're the one that cares about you want to, no, you just saw someone almost fucking die. Like you're now trying to call the cops, call you know ambulance, and take care of that. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm I'm glad they didn't have that moment of just like, hey, you see that? Remember that? They didn't do it. It's gonna get spooky up in here. Yeah, it reminds me of like you know, in Hot Tub Time Machine when, the, when Craig Robbins is like, it must be some kind of hot tub time machine, and then looks right at the camera. Whenever that, whenever I get spoon-fed something in a movie, I always think of that scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Mia spirals is understandably pretty freaked, feels bad, but also really wants to do it again because she wants to talk to mom. Yeah. Uh, in all the confusion, uh, she took the hand, and uh, yeah, just holding on to it. Uh, she has that weird night with daniel where i don't want to be alone and daniel's like (laughs) okay my audience again absolutely losing their shit because you know you get that the scene where you hear something you're like oh fuck something's in the room with her oh shit and you can i love again american studio would have done the thing where they do a quick fucking huge jump scare be like look what's in the corner look it look it's in the corner the camera just goes to the corner you're like something's not right about that corner something's wrong and then you see the you start to see you're like fuck there's someone there, and then you see the movie you're like oh god damn it so there's a ghost. <laughs> well, I like that you know the shadows don't have order. It's just chaos. Is you know what you think's going to happen is the opposite of what's going to happen because they know that you're thinking one way. And I like that the shadows operate in this movie that way. They operate in a way that makes no fucking sense because why would the you know the demon world or whatever subscribe to our definition of order. Mm-hmm. It's 
I love that. And we don't see that enough. I think like Hellraiser is like the best example of that, of just absolute batshit crazy nonsense happening oh, yeah. on this side of the of the coin here. It, <laughs> I I love in that scene when she comes up and starts sucking on this dude's toes. First of all, my audience lost their mind because it's, it's, it's kind of gross. It's like, oh, God, no, I don't need to see that. When they do the hat trick and it's like Mia doing it, I was like, oh, oh, I I love that. That's all it did, though. Like it didn't try to bite him or anything. It didn't hurt him. It just like skeeved him out. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been hilarious if he woke up and he was super into it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, finally, Mia. All right, let's do this. That's all I wanted. He's not like, you know, he's all about abstinence, but when it comes to, you know, like foot shit, he's all about it. God damn it. Nobody's no teenager is that is that white bread and dedicated to Jesus. Not nobody. I I haven't met one. But I mean, hey, it because of it, it gave us this great scene. So I love that it comes up later and he's like, you know, when I was sleeping with Mia, I woke up and she was sucking my toes. And it's like, fuck, you mean sleeping with Mia? But he, just, yeah. he just casually dropped that. She's like, what? Not even the sucking toes part freaked her out. Just you're sleeping with Mia. I've been like, I would have been like, wait, whoa, whoa. We are not rolling past sucking toes here. What the fuck are we talking about? That other friend said that, like, what what do you mean sucked your toes? <laughs> oh dude, that got such a huge laugh out of my mind when he did that. Mine too. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh yeah, she's like, What do you mean you slept with me? What do you mean you sucked his toes? <laughs> oh yeah. Um so yeah, let's jump around a bit now. Um so Riley's second relapse when he starts trying to kill himself at the at the hospital and everyone's like, Jesus, what do we do? It was terrifying. Again, the sound effects when he's hitting the fucking thing with his head, like, oh, and then he licks the blood. I'm like, oh, dude, what is this spirit? Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. I That kid's performance, well done. My God, the guy who played Riley, uh, his name was Joe Bird. That is a fantastic name. <laughs> Joburg. Joburg. He's he's great in this too. He has a bright future ahead of him. If he continues acting, of course, I don't know. I can't speak on behalf of what he's doing with his personal life. <laughs> uh, so Mia tries, like, at some point she figures out, like when, when she goes to talk to Duckett and he's like, I don't know. You, you got to put it back or something like that. No, and no. she she decides like if she can somehow use the hand to connect with with Riley, and she some she does some kind of like loophole thing with another ghost who's like I don't I know where he is I can show you what's going on oh dude and we get what might be the scariest depiction of hell in film history it's only a few seconds but it is so fucking effective dude that. That did not. I still have that stuck in my head. Like I mean, a lot of films still in my head, but that holy shit! I was not ready when they did that. And she's like, "Yeah, she does the thing where like, you know, she tries saying talk to him to do, and they try closing the door doesn't work because he's fucking out for the the count right now." Um, and then she does the talk to me herself, and yeah, the little spirit goes there, and she's like, "I can show you." And then the spirit girl says it, let her in, and you just see it happen. 
And all of a sudden, you get the quickest glimpse of like all these horrific fucking ghosts and shit stuck in hell. Just looks like they're just picking apart and feasting on this kid in hell. And I was like, oh god, oh my god. It, but it makes so much sense. Like that would be hell, just endless pure agony of a nightmare in darkness, just fear and pain and rage nonstop. You don't die. You don't go to sleep. You just don't stop hurting. Like yeah. that, that's um, hell. <laughs> fuck. Man. And it, God, dude, this, that, oh, it was horrific. Like, I, yeah, it's only for, I think it's only for a few seconds. It's like two couple second flashes. Cause it like, it shows it real quick, cuts to her reaction and goes back to it for another second and cuts her reaction. And she finally gets out of it. But man, do they hold it out just long enough to make it fucking effective and like you go, no, 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 no. Well, and her reaction of just like a visceral scream and just absolute horror was so good. Because <laughs> that you that would be your reaction. And you can even see, like, you see Joe, you see, and I love that they make sure you see the kids react Riley's reaction of like the agony and the horror he is fucking going through right now. Oh, that was that was great. Oh boy. Um, so at some point, um, Mia gets uh, tricked into stabbing her father in the neck, uh, which was nuts and didn't really go anywhere either. I was kind of expecting that to have some payoff. I mean, we see him alive later. I was in the like, you see him alive, like you, because Jade finds him and then calls yeah. her mom. And I'm assuming if he's alive, she called 911 also. If whatever they use in Australia, I don't know if they use 911. I think it might be nine nine nine, like like England, but I'm not sure about. That. I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, very equivalent of nine one one. But it did seem like out of nowhere, and then like she didn't seem that broken up about it. Like she really doesn't have much of a relationship with her father. <laughs> no, well, because remember in the time when it happened, like she had she had it, and then it was like I have to do this to say it was like she was almost just constantly driven. And remember, she was still on the assumption that. She was believing what the ghosts were saying was that somehow her dad was involved with it. That's probably why she also reacted the way she did, too. Well, she comes to the conclusion that the only way to save Riley is to kill him, basically, and set him, like, let him out of his misery. So she goes to the hospital, and Miranda Otto's there, and like, hey, sorry, I, sorry, I, you know, hurt you so well, bad, but the yeah. order is there. And, uh, she can't kill, she can't stab the kid, so she decides to roll him into traffic. I know, I saw, I was like, that is the worst thing you could have picked. Why is it in horror films they pick, like, the worst way to put someone on their misery? Always go back to the remake of Chainsaw Massacre when the guy's on the hook and he's like, kill me, and she aims at the worst part of his stomach, which just is a more slow, agonizing death. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't get that either. I, there was, do you remember, um, it was an early South Park episode where the kids had shop class for the first time. And like there was that guy, like their shop teacher was this like lovelorn, angry dude who decides to kill himself with the like with the bandsaw. And he lays on yeah. the conveyor belt and he's like, what the hell was I thinking? And he gets up and he turns around and lays back head first. And he's like, that would have hurt like hell. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. I don't. I mean, she, why didn't she just grab a pillow and just end it that end it that way? I don't know. I mean, ultimately, what we saw. I'm glad she didn't. I'm actually thought the ending they went with was like, holy shit, 
Because the but, spirits were fucking with her. There's no way to save, you know, that's not how you save Riley. That's how you doom Riley. Yeah, because I was like, there's no way that fixes it. Like, that's, they're trying to keep him down. The spirits want him. Because remember, that, and I love that, like, in the end, like, like you said, this also, when she looked in the very game, she was like, he's behind you. Run, run, run. Like, that was almost her way of saying, like, you, whatever's in this room with me wants you, kid, and you need to fucking get out of here. Um, we never really see the entity that like inspires all this. We we don't know why this is happening. We don't know who did this. Well, you see him in the in the hospital bed when she talks to him. Remember? Yeah, the, like the old lady looking thing. Yeah, I'm I'm but pretty like, sure that that was it. True. Oh yeah, we like we do see, but like why? Like who was that? Oh, I didn't really give a shit. I don't I give a shit. Either, but I just I love that we we don't get that. It's just this idea yeah, yeah. of like evil just begets evil. Evil's gonna, you know, evil's gonna evil, and there's no rhyme or reason behind it. If it can fuck with a child, it's gonna. Yeah, if it sees a, a someone that they can take, it's gonna it's gonna go for it. It's gonna take its chance. Uh, but then, like Mia, you know, Jade figures out what's going on, runs after them. Mia's about to push the kid, and Jade pushes Mia, and yeah. Mia wakes up in traffic, you know, in middle of traffic, kind of like ah, that hurt. And then she wakes up in the hospital, and I love the slow reveal of what really happened. Yes. Dad's walking away. No one will speak to her. Riley's all healed up. Time's moving really fast. And then she ends up as as the ghost on the other end of a talk to me. Yes, I fucking loved it out. At first, I was like, I was, I was like, dude, how oh, are they really going to kill the kids? Is this what's going to happen? And then I love how they even film the fucking crash to throw you off like you get that shot of the people in their car and all of a sudden you know you hear the boom again great use of sound again hey something they can get nominated for that would actually make sense at the oscars huh but it's a horror film precedent there's lots of precedent but you know it's a horror film i was nominated um but uh you get that great shot and then like oh best editing whoa i'm just naming off things and you get fucking nominated for but it's a horror film i won't get um uh you know you get that and then you're like oh shit did she do it like oh shit 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 and then you finally get shot of it's mia and you think for a minute you actually think oh she did she she jumped but then you see it's it's like no jade pushed her ass to save her brother (laughs) but you you think again like you said you think she's alive at first you're like well okay she's getting up that's wow um impressive and then, yeah, as you said, like at first they trick you because you you see that she sees Riley in the room, no one's speaking to her first, but you're like, well, she's not talking to them, so it makes sense. But then there's the what gave it away is the dad. He keep, she keeps going, dad, and he just keeps walking, and you're like, something's up. Why would you not? There was that go... for me. It was the uh, Riley's face was all healed up now. Like they just like oh. in that in that brief like couple hours, maybe suddenly a lot of fracturing and broken eyes like eyeballs are just totally fine and he's going home like wait a minute there's been a significant change in time hasn't there and that's yeah. what i'm like <laughs> which means how long was the dad visiting the hospital while she was in critical condition and yeah then they oh i love how like the lights are turning off the doors are shutting on her and you're like no there's no fucking way they're doing it and then i love that when you hear the i think you hear like talk to me whatever in the background and then you see the fucking dude holding the hand, and now you're seeing it from the fucking ghost perspective of what they see anytime this fucking game is played. 
And the the realization on her face when she realizes, oh, I'm on the other side of this now. Oh, man. Mm. Do you think it's justified? Do you think she deserved that? <sighs> yes and no. She was being driven by grief, and you got it, but she was literally about putting a kid in traffic. And yeah, I, but because she believed that this was the only way she could save him. It yeah, wasn't would, yes, but with no actual backup. And if you really think about why would a spirit that's lied to you so far very well could be playing as your mom, dead mom tricked you into stabbing your dad, why would it be telling the truth about how to save this kid? Well, she, you know, Mia had some issues. She was clearly, you know, her mother's suicide fucked her up. She never got past it. She she needed to believe this was real. She needed to believe mom was on the other side of this and was genuinely okay and trying to help her. She needed that. Yes, but also putting myself in as in the in the role of like Jade, right? As someone who has siblings. Um, and that's not I know you're you have a lot of cousins, I just know you don't siblings that's all i do not i do not have siblings um if that was like my younger sister or something and i that's what i was someone was getting ready to push her in traffic regardless of like the the events of what transpired you bet your ass i'm pushing that asshole into traffic before they push my sister yeah that's true even if that person is like somebody you would consider to be yes yeah that's that's a Jade, yes. what a terrible dis- decision to have to make split second. I'll say at that at that decision, if you were like so good friends with your family, yes, because that no, like you're not going to push. You, no, do you think that in that split second, in order to have the strength to make that decision, she was just thinking, "You sucked my boyfriend's toes." Yes. Yeah, one hundred percent. So pushed her over the edge. All she needed. I mean, she was already she was ready to break ties over Riley already, and this was just. You know, little little extra, little extra beef. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I say yes and no. I because obviously we are show, being followed and we're seeing Mia's perspective the whole film, so you understand where Mia's coming from. But like putting your just taking it out of her perspective, and putting your it in the shoes of Jade, and having that be your sibling. Yeah, I'd be so quick to like be like, uh, uh-uh, not him, and boom, like push your ass in traffic and obviously it gets it's considered justified in Australia because Jade's not going to jail well yeah for sure and that yeah that was self-defense I guess it would probably count I'm sure even in America that would be like a self-defense thing like manslaughter yeah because you're trying to you're saving someone else from their life being put into danger true damn well thankfully you know None of A24's films, whether it's horror, drama, anything, they have, I don't think, ever produced a sequel. Because that's not how they roll. These are one-offs, self-contained, individual things. So it's going to be its own thing forever. And uh, it is, you know, it's got a wide release. It's available to see in theaters. Go see it. It's a three and a half out of five stars for me. Uh, what did you have it as? I, right now I have it as four. This could easily go to four and a half. I was, I was really impressed with this film. You know, for everyone that's begging and always bugging about original fucking horror films, especially with what's going on in Hollywood right now, and we're about to get a a try a trout of content here soon. Um, go support this. Go see this in theaters. This is original. This is awesome. This is 
you know, again, one of the most sub, one of my most hated subgenres, the possession film. I fucking don't enjoy it because it's only copying the Exodus. All the films I've seen since, no, even the new Exodus, I don't really think looks amazing. Um, this is what happens when you actually give a shit and have people that have care for it and want to do something different with it and give you something fun and exciting with it. Absolutely, go check this film out. It is awesome. Yep. Damn right. A24. Keep doing keep doing this. Stop, you know, stop fucking with us. Give us more straightforward original horror and not just, you know, I don't want another men or Bo is afraid or yeah, I can't do it anymore. I haven't I sat through Bo is afraid because it's three hours of a film that based off the trailer and what I've heard, I don't know if it's really for me. It's not. It's not at all. No. Um well, with that, uh, we'll be back with Haunted Mansion uh, probably tomorrow. So go check that out as well. Um, this was fun. We'll have stuff for you this week. Uh, take it easy. Thank you.